you know, you can have the right foods and know all that and have that down and still watch your brain drive you down a different path. That is what this first series of my podcast is going to address. Hi, welcome to the Judy Terrell Show, where I explore topics intended to optimize everybody 50, 60, 70, and above. Hello, everybody, and welcome to my very first episode or version, whatever, of the Judy Terrell Show. Um, I'm Judy Terrell, and I have been practicing in the fitness and wellness and health industry, uh, nutrition, weight loss industry for 40 years. And I have amassed a lot of information, a lot of credentials, a lot of knowledge, but probably most importantly, a lot of experience of working with people in the trenches day after day, year after year for literally 40 years. I started this industry when I was 18 years old. I just turned 59 a couple weeks ago, and so four decades of wealth of information and um, exposure and working with a whole variety of individuals from, I think my youngest was eight uh, up to 81 years old and everything in between. I have niched myself in the last decade or so to be um, an expert in the over 50 population, but I literally have a a plethora of experience with all age groups. So um, this first podcast series that I'm doing, and this is the first one of six, um, my topic that I'm going to focus in on is how to reprogram your mind for weight loss. One of the main reasons that people come to see me um, or have been referred to me is because they want to lose weight. You know, we live in a a period of human history here in our country, the United States of America, where uh, diabetes and obesity is running epidemic, um, and we uh, are living in a food environment that has been given a lot of different names, um, hyperpalatables, obesogenics, uh, you know, um, hyperstimulating foods, And when I say the word food when I'm talking in this way, I really use that term loosely because I would say 90% of what's in our grocery stores right now is a part of another food that is a food that this vehicle, this human body was meant to ingest. But because of our advanced technology, we have the food industry has the ability to pull parts of food out, consolidate it, manipulate it in some way, and then combine it with other things parts of food to put it into this just right combination, which is going to stimulate our reward center of our brain and ignite our appetite and drive us to consume because it tastes so good and it is so available and we have to do very little work in order to um, ascertain it. So my point is never before in human history has humans lived in the food environment that we're in right now. And for that reason, it's one of the main reasons that, um, you know, obesity and being overweight is a growing problem for our country, absolutely, and other countries as well. Um, You know, so, you know, like I said, the majority of clients that come to see me, um, if it's not their main goal, it's one of their goals, because I get a lot of people who are are, uh, referred to me from doctors and practices uh, for nutritional consulting as well as movement and exercise and psychological consulting on how to, um, you know, change their body or um, improve on a health condition that they might have, diabetes, uh, high blood pressure, um, anxiety, depression, 
Um, so those are things that I see in my practice all the time, but most of the time, or many, much of the time, that is coupled with uh, an overweight situation. So, you know, for this first series that I'm doing, I'm focusing in on weight loss. And, you know, when you are going through the Google search or YouTube video podcasts or TED Talks or whatever, and you're, you're going to, you know, plug in the topic of weight loss, again, I'm going to say probably 90% of what you're going to find is going to be directed towards what foods to eat, you know, what macronutrient balance, um, you know, maybe how much exercise you should do, um, some combination thereof, and very little is dedicated towards what do you need to do in your mind, you know, in order to achieve your goals of weight loss. Um, now, that said, you must have a, you know, credible and individualized for you program for what to eat and when to eat it and how to eat it and um, the balance of the macronutrients. Um, and that is not what I'm going to address in this series, the first six that I'm going to do. Um, but I'm going to assume that you're, you've gotten something like that because I have many a client that either get that program from me or they come to me because they've gotten it from somebody else and the program is solid. It's, it's, it's viable. And yet they might be watching themselves, you know, have the information and maybe even have cooked the meals, prep them and they come home from work on a, you know, crazy stressful day and they've got their meal that they pre-prepped and it's all ready to go and it's right on their plan and they walk right by it and they go and order pizza to be delivered on the phone. Um, so you can have, you know, you know, you can have the right foods and know all that and have that down and still watch your brain drive you down a different path. That is what this first series of my podcast is going to address is what is your brain, you know, I've heard themes. I've, I've been doing this work, like I said, for so long that, you know, there's sometimes some individual things that pop up. This person thinks this or this person's thinking that. But what I have recognized is that there tends to be a themes. There seems to be predominant themes that when people come in to tell me, and I, I pick at them a little bit, well, what were you thinking about when you did that with the pizza? Um, and when I really dig, I have... I've noticed that there's themes that many, many people are playing over and over again in their head, um, and that is what I'm going to address in these this first six podcasts. Each one of these first six is going to be one of the theme thoughts, the pattern of thought that seems to be thematic for many, many people, what it is that's going on in their brain that drives them to walk by the food, metaphorically, if not you know, specifically, in reality, real time, um, and yet go to get something else off the plan. Um, I'm going to address one thought each episode, and then we're going to talk about what to replace that thought with, what is a different thought pattern that will, like, be the antidote to that, will counter that, and then you practice that rethought, and the more you practice it, the more... You're kind of bushwhacking a new neural pathway in your brain, and with enough repetition, that new thought will become overriding the old thought that goes leads you off the plan, kind of extinct it or bring it under your consciousness, and the new thought runs the, the, runs the game, and that is going to lead you to the weight loss that you're after. Okay, so 
for this first podcast, I kind of thought through, I was like, all right, which one am I going to pick for this first one to grab my audience? <laughs> all right, so the first one is, and this one, you know, I really picked people's brains and, and really tried to get at, like, what is going on here? And even my own brain, because, again, most of us do similar patterns to the ones I'm going to be presenting in this, in this series. So, you know, I've had, I would have a client come in and say to me, um, you know, I got into this yogurt. I bought this yogurt, and is this a good yogurt? I, this is a true story. I had a client, a male client, 64 years old. He had binged on this yogurt, you know, 32-ounce containers. Um, he ate it all at, this, you know, at one time, and then he had another one and another one hot on its tails. And um, so I look at this yogurt to see the ingredients, okay? And, you know, everyone thinks yogurt's healthy, it would be good, but... Going back to what I said about the obesogenic, hyperpalatable food environment we live in, yogurt would be fine, but this particular yogurt had cane sugar, it had like dextrose, it had aspartame, it had like four or five different forms of sugar. Some of the sugars were caloric, some of them were um, you know non-caloric sweeteners, but they all together made this creamy yogurt product extremely, extremely uh, stimulating, especially for somebody who's stimulated by the sweet taste. So this gentleman was explaining to me, you know, I don't know, like I know I wasn't supposed to have it, you know, because we had looked at it before and I'd read the label. I said, no, really, this is a dessert. This should not be your protein. It was a Greek yogurt, by the way. Your protein source for a meal, I would really recommend another, you know, an animal product or an egg or, you know, tofu or something that doesn't have that sweetness to it. And yet he kept falling into this yogurt, you know. Um, and so picking at his brain, like, so what were you thinking while you were eating it, you know? And I get, a, you know, the, the surface level thoughts, and that is, oh, I shouldn't have this. Um, um, you know, a variety of different things. But really when it boiled down to it, and I picked a little deeper and picked a little deeper, he said, well, you know what? And he thought about it, and he goes, it was just so good. Right there. I'm going to tell you another story about a friend of mine who, this was about alcohol, okay? It happened to be this particular brand, high, you know, grade, high uh, quality bourbon. person loves bourbon. Now, this person has a bit of a problem with bourbon, and when he tends to drink it, it goes overboard. And, you know, similarly trying to pick the brain is like, well, you know, what are you thinking when you, you know, you had one, you had two, like, you know, and you get inebriated, like really just like check out, like just have too much of it. Um, you know, picking, picking, trying to get at, well, what do you, th you know, what was going on? What make, what do you think you, what drives that? You know, cause getting inebriated is not a good thing. Like you, there's, there's ramifications of that you want to try to avoid. Just like if you're overeating something like that yogurt, the gentleman I was telling you about that story, he had a weight problem. He wanted to like, he was trying desperately to lose weight. So back to the bourbon story. So pick a little bit more. And he, my friend says, well, it's just so delicious. There it is again. So delicious. It was just so good. And then I started thinking about myself because I have a particular food I have many foods, and I've learned to over, overcome quite a bit of them. But this one particular food that still can get me, and it happens to be peanut butter. And, you know, I have worked very hard to some of the things I'm going to teach you in this podcast series to really work with my own brain to not fall down that rabbit hole of peanut butter. Because let me tell you something, when you can eat two-thirds of a jar of peanut butter, 16-ounce jar, 
you can do a lot of calorie damage. <laughs> Guilty. Um, so peanut butter, I think about like when I start to have like a spoonful or I'm going to put it on something, and I'm like, oh, I want more. That was, you know, that was really good. I want more. Well, right? Part of my brain saying, yeah, but you know, this is very caloric. You got to be careful with this. Da, da, da. Keep going. Keep going. Back for another spoonful. Back for another spoonful. Before you know it, two thirds of the jar is gone. And I'm reflecting on what some of my clients have told me, those two stories of which I just told you and, you know, endless number of more that I, I'm not going to waste our time. You get the point. And I recognize in my own brain what was driving that was, like, this peanut butter is just so good to me. It's so good. I can't, like, I, I, I want to stop, and yet I don't want to stop because I want more. Like, that wasn't enough. You know, it's so good. So here's the theme, okay? Here's the first, you know, thought that we is in your brain that's running the show when you're going off the program, okay? Whatever that program is for you. And the, the first thought is, this is just so delicious. This is just so good, i.e., therefore, I want more. And that's the thought that drives falling down the rabbit hole, out of your, off your plan. And let me tell you something. You can fall off your plan with even food on your plan because it's just so good to you, okay? So that's the setup. That's the thought that's driving the show and you're falling off the program, Okay. What I want to infuse into your brain is this thought. I'm looking at my notes over here. Can you entertain the thought that there are some foods, and these are these foods that are I'm going to mention right now, they are a moving target. Like I know foods that are in the category I'm going to talk to you about right now, for me right now, aren't the same ones that they maybe they would have been a, like a decade or two ago. So this is a moving target. It's not hardwired. But there are foods... That for, for you as a person, and they're different for every person, and they're different at stages of your life, but can you entertain the thought that there are some foods that are just literally too stimulating for you? So what do I mean by that? So my friend with the bourbon, like bourbon, and like particularly high grades of bourbon, it, it's just too good for him to be able to say, I can have one or two glasses and then stop. That yogurt, for that gentleman I was just discussing, another yogurt, he might be able to, you know, have a portion and stick to. Another yogurt that doesn't have five forms of sugar in it, for instance. But that yogurt that he was buying was too stimulating for him. Peanut butter for me, okay? If I had peanuts, like by the handful, or peanuts in a shell, and I had to shell them and eat them, you know, I would you know, probably be able to, I know I would be because I've been, I've done it before. I can edit myself as to how much I have. But when somebody, some plant manufacturing plant has shelled the peanuts and put them into a, whatever they use to make it so very smooth and creamy, like I'd be sitting there with a mortal and pestle and it still would be lumpy, right? Because crunchy peanut butter doesn't do the same for me. It's got to be smooth. Smooths it out. In many cases, peanut butter is, they got like um, palm oil added to it, not even sugar, but just something else that makes it smoother, that doesn't cause the oil and the peanuts to separate. That kind of peanut butter is just too stimulating to me. And I am going to struggle very much to try and stick to a portion. Okay? So the thought that I want to help you to inject into your head when you are in the throes of, I'm eating XYZ food and and this is so delicious, and you recognize that that's happening to you, 
I want you to then start to practice the replacement thought of this food is actually too stimulating for me. Too stimulating. It's too good. And therefore, I don't know if I should be eating it. Because I'll tell you what, like if you get that thought in your head and recognize that that is actually the case, that's happening, it's just too good and you cannot control it. And every time you try, like it's not just one time, there's a pattern that's going on. The, the gentleman with the yogurt, this was an ongoing thing for like several months. He didn't do it every day. He didn't do it every week, but like he'd fall into it every time he bought it thinking, all right, I'm going to be able to just have a little this time. And he couldn't. So I introduced to him the thought, like, maybe this yogurt is just too stimulating for you. What's another yogurt we can look at? And I will tell you right now, when you have the thought of this food is too stimulating, and then you open up the question of what's another one that's kind of close to this that I can have that maybe isn't quite as stimulating, like another yogurt where it doesn't have the five forms of sugar, and this is exactly what we did with him, we said, okay, if this food is too stimulating for you, what's another yogurt we can have? And we went on a, he went on a search and he found another one that he could have, that he could have the portion that would be appropriate for his food plan. And it was good, but it wasn't so delicious. So it wasn't too stimulating. Peanut butter for me, it doesn't matter the brand. It doesn't matter, you know, um, it's too stimulating for me. I can have nuts. Okay, but I just say peanut butter, not on my, it's, it's too good for me. And I don't want to have it because I cannot control it when I start to have it. Time and time again, it's been proven to me. My friend with the bourbon, okay, a lower grade of the bourbon, he can have a little bit more control of, but really, it was a lateral move off bourbon. You know, another liquor that, you know, another, you know, um, like a, maybe a whiskey um, or vodka, like, that was something that he could have that was not so delicious to him, and he could control it, okay? So, you know, first of all, you've got to introduce into your brain, can something be too good, you know, for you to be around, like, that you just literally, over and over again, have proven to yourself you can't have it. If it was a food, like, I'm going to go back to what I was saying in the beginning of the podcast, regular foods, very rarely has, as I think about this, I don't think anyone has ever come into my office and has been overstimulated by a food that is the way it was that you get it in nature, okay? You know, the foods that get us and that are too stimulating for us because they're too good are like manufactured food industry products. They're billed as a food, but they have consolidated parts of other things added into it and just the right combinations to stimulate our dopamine receptors of our brain, and that's the reward system, and then makes it just too stimulating. So one of the things you want to be aware of is, you know, you want to try and stay to whole foods that are the way they would be if you were stranded on an island and you had to fend for yourself. When you start to get into food products that have multiple ingredients in them and they're consolidated, um, like cane sugar, for instance, is is consolidated sugar out of beet or sugar cane. Okay, so it's, it's, it's a natural food, and it can be on an all-natural label, but it's not in a natural state, okay, because it's been pulled out and then consolidated and then made overly stimulating for this, you know, brain, or your brain, or particular brains. Um, 
So this concept of food product versus food and that this food products can literally be overstimulating. Because I think, you know, a lot of times people would want to argue, well, you know, food isn't really, why, how can it be too good? And I'm not saying foods can be too good. I'm saying food products can be too good because they've been manipulated to be that way. Um, so you got to take that as a given. And I also want to say this, and that is, um, you know, whenever you f- identify a food product that you are having a problem with and it's just too good for you, there is something, a lateral move, like the yogurt I just told you. So be on the lookout. You have to. You don't have to say to yourself, I can never have XYZ. It's like, I can never have XYZ this brand or in this form. So what's another form that I can have it in or another brand that I can have that is not quite as stimulating? And then find that as the substitute. And I've yet to be in, in a situation with a client um, where I have been, haven't been able to find that substitute for somebody. So you don't even have to say, I can never have this. It's like, I can never have this particular brand, but I can have that food if I can find one that is not quite so stimulating. It's good, but it's not too good. And I'm going to you know, step out and use a lateral uh, metaphor because you know, we practice this skill of identifying when something's too good for us in our lives and then kind of dealing with it and grieving over it and like having a little hissy fit about it and then moving on. Like, Okay, I can't have that. And I'm going to give you the one example that I always give to my clients, and that is this. Let's say you're walking through a store, and you see something that you know, like catches your eye, and like, oh, my God, that is amazing. That's beautiful. Oh, that's just so appealing to me. Like, I want that. I want to buy that. And then you look at the price tag. <laughs> and let's just say, for our purpose of illustration here, the price tag is, like, completely out of your budget, and you don't have a credit card with you. <laughs> you had to have pay cash, and you do not have enough cash to buy this. So this, whatever it is, that you really want, it's really gotten your attention, right? It's gotten your lust, your desire for it, you know, it has been stimulated. But it's, it's too expensive for your budget. For your money. You don't have the money. It's too expensive. So what do you do in that situation? Do you like steal it? Because that's kind of what the parallel move in the, you know, the shopping industry or world would be it, to the food things that I'm just saying. You see something's too good for you and now you recognize you're overeating it. That would be like stealing an item in a store that you really want, but it's too expensive for you. Okay. And, you know, 99% of us don't do that. We do what? We say, oh, I really wanted that. You know, and then you have the emotion run through there that goes with that. And then you grieve that you really wanted it. And then you, you might even stay around it for a little while because you can't pull yourself away from it. But then eventually, you know, you got to get to your car and get to your next thing or whatever. And you leave. And then when it's out of sight, out of mind... You know, you're not even thinking about it half an hour later, but in that moment, like it was like you, it was so stimulating. You really, really, really wanted it, but it was too expensive. So that's one example, and I could give other ones, but you know, I think I got the point across. We have the skill, we have the mental re, um, re, uh, framing and the, um, replacement thoughts for when we really want something that's really stimulating to us, but we just, you know, for whatever the reason, it's too much, too expensive, too good, uh, too remote, too something, and we can't have it. We practice that. We're schooled in that. We're very good at it in other realms of our life. So I'm like, I'll say to a client, so bring that success that you know you have and your ability to manage this want from other areas of your life into the food realm, 
you've identified this XYZ food is just too delicious. It is too good for me. And therefore, like, I'm going to grieve it, but I'm going to say I cannot have that. I'm going to make that a non-food for me. I'm going to find a lateral move, like maybe that item that you saw in the store, maybe there's something else right next to it that's similar but not as expensive. You can get that one. So in the same thing with the food, all right, what's something that's close to this that um, I like? It's good, but it's not so good. I'll give you an example. A lot of people, like, what's so good to them? Overstimulating can't have is ice cream. But maybe having a frozen banana that they puree up and then make that and eat that, like, that's got the same texture. It's got the same sweetness. It's, it's good if you're looking for a frozen dessert, but it's not that ice cream. It's not overly good. It's not too good. So that's one example, and that's an example I give to clients and to replace an ice cream. Or maybe it's frozen yogurt um, that has, like, half the calories of the ice cream. But, you know, my point is there's a, there's a lateral replacement that's not so delicious. But you wouldn't even be on the look for that. You wouldn't even, you know, have the, the, you wouldn't even have your brain going down that road if you're stuck on the, oh, this is so delicious. I really want it. I want it more. And you don't introduce the other thought, the replacement thought of, you know what? Maybe this is too good for me. Like, because when I'm done with this, I don't feel good. It leads me down a path of overconsumption, and I don't like that. But in the moment, it's, like, so difficult because it's so good. All right, so to summarize, it's like the thought pattern that leads people off the program is, is this is so good. This is so delicious. I want more. I want more. I want more. The replacement is, this maybe is just too good for me, and I have to find a lateral replacement, or maybe I just have to stay away from this for a little while and extinct that drive. So you have two paths to take that can keep you on your plan, but your replacement thought is, no, this food is too good. It's too stimulating. And anything to something is like too bad or too much on this side of the the continuum or too much on this side. You want to find that sweet spot in the middle. So too good is actually bad. Too good can lead to overconsumption. That leads you to feel bad about yourself afterwards. And so let's find something that's good but doesn't lead to that. And that way you stay on your plan, and that way you can achieve successful weight loss. And this is my first one of my six in the podcast series I'm doing because this one is like, it's number one out of the six I'm going to present of the six top (laughs) ten. So... And really important one, one that really gets people and one that, you know, we got to find the, the um, snake hole or the loophole to get out of. And so that's the first one. So this food is too stimulating. I don't want to be too stimulated because it, afterwards I feel bad. I don't want to feel bad. So I'm either going to stay away from this and or find another one that is good, but not that good. So welcome to my podcast series. This is number one. And I hope to see you on subsequent ones to follow. Bye. Thanks for listening, everybody. And if you'd like to have access to some of my additional resources, I can be found at Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and on my website, www.judyterrell.com.